Culture and Psychology with Tabana. A very warm hello to our Radio Bomb.Dot listeners. Welcome to our show. I'm sitting with Dr. Daniel Rockers and Dr. Alex Andrade. And today it's after Thanksgiving and we decided to talk about being creative after the holidays. Uh, and this is the first holiday and I'm sure other holidays are on the horizon. The Christmas holiday, the winter season is coming. But we decided today to talk about the topic of creativity. So the first part of our conversation would be creativity with food. We know that Thanksgiving is a day that it's sort of a feast. People who get together, they actually plan on cooking from weeks before, especially if you have a large gathering, you have lots of leftover. People bring food with them when they walk in. And um, there's a lot of wasting after the holidays usually and especially thanksgiving is about food and family and get together so um how can we be creative with the leftover i know there's a lot of turkey usually leftover i just start talking about my own family when we get together and um everybody eats still we have lots of leftover and what's i your know fa- what's your favorite leftover Saide? what's your favorite leftover The leftover, actually, uh, I'm not so much um, meat eater. So, and and I guess that's why maybe the leftover of turkey becomes a challenge. How do we use it after? Mm. But there's so many other food, um, especially in Persian culture, you can use the turkey leftover. You can ground the rest of the turkey and make kufta or making kotlet or or making um, or use it with other food. Um, So that was my challenge at the beginning uh, when we started cooking and inviting people, how do we do with all this leftover? But then I realized that there's always a way to use it. I know a lot of people will use it for soup, um, different kinds of soup, but also I was just thinking rather than wasting all leftover, maybe we can be creative and making other foods out of that. So I just want to open our conversation about creativity, about food, and let you guys chime in. Yeah, that, that's great. Hey, Alex, um, how's your kufta coming along? Did you make kufta from your... I, I was waiting for a side A to, to give me the direction to, uh, to do that. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Yeah, for those of us who are not Persian and do not speak Farsi, maybe you could help us understand what is kufta? I don't even know what kufta means. Oh, okay. Well, I know in Middle East, different part of Middle East, including Iran, kufta is known for um, ground beef or ground turkey or ground chicken, any kind of ground meat that is mixed with different ingredients. And in each culture, they make it a little different. You can use it with um, cooked rice, herbs and um, other um, dried food. And then you just mix it and then you make a round piece, just like, um, you know, the, uh, what do you call when uh, with the spaghetti you have? Like a meatball? Uh, meatball. So you make a meatball, but that meatball is mixed with other things, which is delicious. And then you round it just like meatball. 
and you cook it again and you put some sauce um, and some, um, you know, spices and becomes a delicious food. So that's, uh, and then people make kufta in a different way. The ingredients is open to adding some other stuff. Um, but the one I know is mixed with some cooked rice, with some cooked dry fruit, or sometimes, uh, you know, yeah, you can make the fruit, the fresh fruit, you can um, cook it and then add to it. So you can have different flavors of kufta. I know in Arab countries, they have that. I know in Turkey, they have kufta. So uh, it's a very known um, general name for that mixture of different ingredients. That's funny. That sounds, I was going to say, that sounds like a, a similar a plate in Mexican culture called abondigas, where abondigas are like ground beef made into like meatballs with rice, sometimes vegetables like carrots. Uh, and it's usually in a soup. So it's a great kind of winter uh, plate. Uh, my, my former uh, assistant uh, would make those from time to time. And I, I loved it. She'd be like, do you want me to make you some abondigas? And I was like, yes, please. Like, I'll do anything. You know, it's like it was a real great way to appease me and probably quiet me with, you know, food as, you know, most people are. And it was just it's so delicious. Yeah. And it's I think oh, everybody can make it a little different in that way. Yeah. yeah. And then in, in Tabriz, which is a, a state in Iran, uh, they make a large uh, one of those kufta. It's like as big as a ball, a real <laughs> volleyball, <Yeah. laughs> or, or maybe, you know, really. And they put all these ingredients and they put a whole chicken, a whole chicken inside. And you have to be very creative to make it work because it's going to all apart if, you don't, yeah. if you're not expert in making it. So they put a whole hen or small chicken and then they wrap it with all these ingredients. And imagine how mm. uh, expert you have to be not to make it all fall apart. And they make it as big as this. And then when they put it on the table, first of all, it looks beautiful. And it has a lot of juice that they put over and around it. When they put in a dish, they cut it. And then when they cut it, obviously it falls apart and the chicken is in the middle. So you cut the chicken and then these pieces are delicious. But I have never tried even to do it because you need to be expert to make it work. But I know in Tabriz, which is, uh, as I said, another state of uh, Iran, they make it and it's very delicious. Inside, they put all different ingredients and... Um, the whole hen or chicken in the middle, which is really interesting. Is that called chicken kufta then, or what is the deal? Yeah, yeah, probably, uh, yeah, they name it different, probably kind of kufta, maybe chicken kufta, or maybe, I don't know. But um, I've actually seen it, and I have tasted it. It tastes really good, uh, because uh, part of, uh, you know, our relatives uh, in marriage, um, they're from that part. And I've been invited to one of the places that they had made, and it was very delicious and nicely done. So that big of a kufta needs expertise, as I said. So it's delicious. You know what that reminded me of, too? Sorry, Dan, go ahead. Is the chicken cooked before it goes inside? Yes. Yes. It's already cooked. It's already 
cooked. Yeah, it's already have all the spices needed. And then all the other ingredients are obviously cooked, but you wrap it together and then you put it in a big pot with all the sauce and juices that you add. And then you let it actually just be cooked together one more time, maybe for 10, 20 minutes so that the taste of everything is mixed together. You put it in the oven and, and then you bring it out. It's a, it's a one big um, ball of all these delicious ingredients. And then when you cut it, as I said, it just all of a sudden falls apart and then everybody takes a piece of it. Yes. It's really good. So maybe, um, I mean, if you guys are interested, maybe you can just search for it to see how it looks. It's, um, yeah, Turkish kufta. Or Dan could try to make it. How about you just try to make it for us, Dan? How about that? <laughs> Sounds like he's got all the instruction he needs after those questions. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that's uh, you know, exciting. Actually, Dan agreed on the air right now to make you that. Know what I like? <laughs> how the railroading process here <laughs> it starts out. How about Dan cooks it? And then no, you, you know go what? Into, he's got all the instruction, and then you go into oh, and he already accepted on and there. agreed. Yeah, I went all the way full circle, <laughs> yeah, like, like a like a kufta ball, like a kufta ball. You guys, ball. no, yeah. wait, wait a minute, you guys. Now we are talking about creativity. Uh, Why don't we once cook it together? I'm serious. The we smaller ones, these, I'll agree to the smaller we ones. Can the, do the a big small one, sounds, one. Yeah, um, yeah. Maybe maybe about a. The, the other ones are the size of um, golf that you guys always talk about, or maybe baseball. You know, I mean, to think about it in measurement. So maybe we can start with uh, golf ball and then baseball and then volleyball. <laughs> we can be creative in that regard. Can you make like a kufta burger, like, and then put it in a hamburger bun? Or would that, is that like, like sacrilegious? Well, it's because it has rice, you usually don't eat it with bread because you have to have one sort of carb, you know, you don't use two carbs. Um, but you know what, you can, if you are a carb lover, you can probably put it in a, in a piece of bread and eat it too. Yeah, that, that was a whole different question that I was going to ask. I was going to ask, why not a kufta yoga ball? Can we make one the size of a yoga ball? Would that be... See, Dan's oh, thinking burger. I'm thinking yeah. even bigger. So I mean, why would you come up with yoga ball? What What is yoga ball anyway? Those big it? yoga balls when you sit on. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. We could go. We could go big. Yeah. We'll go big. What kind know? of oven are you going to put that? In? <laughs> you know, talking about creativity, I just thought of uh, Kufta Festival. Imagine, you know how different festivals, people make their own kind of um, different things and they like hamburger, they bring and they show and different boots. They so imagine there's a Kufta festival and then maybe the biggest is going to be the winner. And then if they it doesn't have fall apart, yeah, so creativity. Uh, you know, wow. it, would be, it would be interesting to see how many people take part how many people make the biggest possible so it doesn't fall apart? Because the most important part is people can make it, but at the moment you put it in the pot, 
to sort of put the sauce and put the last part of cooking together usually falls apart in that uh, part when you put. So you have to be really creative not to make it the way it falls uh, apart. And I'm thinking if we do have a festival and then people send them all ingredients and have a festival and the winner would get the best price if the kufta doesn't fall apart and it's the biggest of all. We're going to have like the 2022 Tavanagh Kufta Festival and we have the biggest prize for biggest, a prize for most creative, prize for tastiest. Yes. Yes. Seriously, it would be really fun to see how it goes. And then we can invite all people from different parts of the world because I'm sure, like Alex said, maybe in different parts of the world, they have similar, maybe they name it differently. Yeah, I was thinking kufta-like, like round meat food contest or something yeah, like that. Because yeah. yeah, we can so do everybody, yeah, kufta so or bondigas or you know, yeah. meatballs or other sure, round yeah. meat products. I don't know, yeah, yeah. meat on a stick even, too. Even when you think of meatball, if you don't do it right, it's gonna oh, fall yeah. apart. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Now imagine all other ingredients are involved and you have to really make it the way it just stays together <laughs> and you cook it well. Okay, I'm gonna make mine with bacon. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think you yeah, just want a no, burger, Dan. I think you just want a burger right now <laughs> <laughs> with bacon. Uh-huh. bacon. So, Dan, how about German food? Is there anything yeah, similar to that? Round German food. Uh, yeah, there is. I don't know the name of it, what that would be, but you know, there's a lot of stuff in German food that is like the noodles and kind of meatballs. Things like that. That's a great question. I will look that up. And yeah, up. yeah. So it would be interesting if each of us could go on YouTube and find, uh, you know, a traditional kufta-like food. Um, you know, or or if there is any around the world to check it out. What a great idea! That yeah, would be cool. so, yeah. I so encourage I'm- our listeners. Yeah, if they if they like this idea, we want to do it. You know, email yeah. us. Check out our website, www.thetavana.com. You know, we want to hear from you guys. If you're like, yeah, let's do this. Yeah, uh, would then- you do? Would you sign up to uh, uh, participate? In yeah. The that would be actually interesting because there's so many great cook I know in uh, the community. And I'm sure they can be so creative. There's so many women I know in the community that they're great cook. And in general, I don't want to brag about it, but almost in every Persian home that you walk in, they always have great food because it's the tradition that someone in the families, and then from tradition, usually women, they're good cook. They make the great, I mean, I've seen so many impressive um, people that, um, they cook so deliciously. And sometimes I um, just actually recommend, don't you want to cater? You know, you're such a good cook. Mm. So I'm sure if we talk about the festival, Kufta Festival, I'm sure there's so many creative people that they can come up with the most delicious and best Kufta. But aside from that, I was just thinking, talking about creativity, and we started with turkey leftover. What else can we make with turkey leftover? If you guys can chime in, 
with your experience, what would be the other food we can make from Turkey leftover? Once, what, or maybe we should go to the break first and then when we come back, we can start up with that. Okay, sure. So let's take a break and come back. شنوندگان عزیز رادیو بامداد اگه صدای ما رو به زبان انگلیسی میشنوین ما از شرکت توانا با دکتر دانیل راکرز و دکتر الکساندر رادی امروز در خدمتتون هستیم روزهای شنبه و یک شنبه صدای ما رو از رادیو بامداد به زبان انگلیسی میشنوین و اگر کسانی هستن که فکر میکنین از برنامه ما به زبان انگلیسی استفاده کنن ازشون دعوت کنین به برنامه ما توجه کنن برنامه ما بیشتر در مورد مسائل روز و مسائل روانشناسی و فرهنگی هستش امروز به دلیل تانکسگیوینگ که همه روز شکرگزاری رو در امریکا و در کانادا شاید هم در نقاط مختلف چیزی شبیه این باشه جشن میگیرن به عنوان روزی که سپاس داشته باشن از محصولاتی که به بار آوردن و این داستان از زمانهای بسیار قدیم رایج بوده اولین کسانی که اومدن به امریکا و زنده موندن و محصولاتشون به بار اومد این روز رو جشن میگیرن و ما امروز اختصاص دادیم به صحبت کردن در مورد بعد از تانکسگیوینگ یعنی اینکه غذامون وقتی میمونه چجوری ازش استفاده میکنیم چجوری میتونیم واقعا مبتکر باشیم برای کارهایی که بعد از تانکسگیوینگ میتونیم بکنیم ما یک بریک کوتاه میگیریم برمیگردیم و دنباله صحبتمون رو ادامه میدیم We're back with Dr. Daniel Rockers and Dr. Alexandra Roddy, and we continue our conversation regarding creativity after Thanksgiving. The first part of our conversation was creativity about food. We talked about uh, what do we do with the turkey leftover? How do we make another sort of food from the turkey leftover? We 
extensively talked about making kufte, which is a dish from specifically uh, part of uh, Iran, Tabriz, and also other parts of Middle Eastern countries, Turkey, Tur uh, Turkish people usually make kufte. Uh, and now um, we just left with, is there any um, other creative way we can make um, the, from Turkey leftover? We left from there. And the rest of our conversation after this would be about how do we uh, become creative about spending our money for holidays? Dan, well, I was, I was, Dan, do you want to, do you have a specialty post uh, Thanksgiving? I'll, I'll go first. That way you can, you can think of one. Uh, typically what we'll do with the, the turkey um, and the ham, we'll cook that sometimes the next morning with uh, eggs. And so scrambled mm -hmm. eggs. And then, as I've mentioned before, kind of a, a mixture of the traditional American food with Mexican. So we'll have like rice usually, uh, we'll usually eat it with tortillas as well. So it's usually like breakfast leftovers. Um, it's something growing up we would always do. Um, I feel like growing up, we ate a lot of eggs. Um, we just, you know, potato and eggs, chorizo and eggs, um, all different kinds of food. And so definitely the, the turkey, the ham, throw that in with some eggs, some tortillas. It's, it's great the next morning in that way. And usually we'll eat it for a couple of days after. Um, and it goes quick that way because my mom would make it where everybody's eating breakfast. Um, usually, you know, you get tired of turkey, you get tired of ham. I don't know, adding eggs to it kind of makes it a little different in that way, uh, as well as with the rice. So that's what we would typically do for leftovers. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, Alex, I wish I would have come over to your place after Thanksgiving. Yeah, oh, I might have some leftovers uh, still. Let me look in my fridge since it's post Thanksgiving right now and uh, see what we got. And uh, yeah, I'll let you know, Dan. I'll let you know. All right. <laughs> Maybe get some bacon in there, too. <laughs> uh, probably wouldn't be bad, actually. Yeah. There's yeah. some kind of a, I know it sounds like I'm stuck on sandwiches, but I do remember some kind of a turkey sandwich with gravy on it or something. Yeah. Maybe it's yeah. like. A, yeah. Oh, and cranberry. Yeah. That Actually, it's delicious turkey with cranberry sandwich, um, and and now if you go to Labu, which is a very healthy sandwich place, um, they have turkey with cranberry always, and it's a very delicious um, sandwich. You know, so does Cordy Brothers here in Sacramento, which oh. by the way, they're on the web, and I'm not advertising for. I guess yeah, I'm yeah, I'm not advertising for Labu either, but it's my favorite <laughs> place. <laughs> But yeah. they have I, I feel like a turkey cranberry sandwich there. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's really good. It's a real seasonal. Yeah, it's real seasonal, though, because there's like in March, I don't want turkey and cranberry. Like that just sounds weird kind of thing. Like yeah. it's around this time. Oh, really? I find we even start to crave it a little bit more. Yeah, I think it gets connected with the holidays, Thanksgiving in particular. Yeah, like stuffing. I feel like you don't really eat stuffing any other time of year, really except for around this time. At least that's me. That's me. Yeah. yeah. No, that's right. I'm the same way I feel. But turkey and cranberry, um, I mean, I'm fine with that anytime. Yeah. It's delicious. But but uh, you're right, because there's some sort of food for winter mm -hmm. that you really eat um, with, um, with appetite, you know? It's true. Hey, do you guys know the difference between dressing and stuffing? Uh, yes. No. I, I mean, I can guess. I mean, okay. I don't know very, uh, but stuffing is what you make to put inside the turkey, but um, dressing is what you 
put over. So that's for inside and dressing is for outside. Oh. Stuffing comes in a red box too, right? And that's, is that? <laughs> I always make the stuffing all um, uh, from a scratch. I could might have to vote you off the air. My culinary skills are showing right now. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking about leftovers my mom makes and the food coming from a box. So yes. Oh my God. Showing my culinary skills. Yes. Friday, what were you saying? I was just saying I make my stuffing from scratch. I never use any of these packages um, and I make it very healthy. I use some of different types of berries, dried berries with um, sometimes uh, quince um, with apple. I cut them and then I roast them. I add almond. Yeah, I put all this and then that's that's the stuffing. It's none of those packages and it's very healthy, delicious. I put fried onion, um, fried um, garlic, and I mix all of this. And this is going to be the, uh, the stuffing that I use. Um, and sometimes just a little noodle. So it just makes it a little more like a stuffing. But other than that, it's all mixed of all different things. And sometimes I add dry, dried fruit. Um, it's, it's just all natural taste and um, it's very healthy. Do you have like a recipe that you go by or have you made it so much you just know what you put? Yeah, I just make it on my own. But if anybody wants recipe, I can give the ingredients. Um, I would love yeah. that recipe. That sounds wonderful. Sure. Yeah, I will. And I will very share. creative too. Oh, yeah. Talking about creativity, because sometimes we feel like we have to go by the instruction how to make this stuffing. And you think this is the way, but you can be creative and add some other stuff and make your own stuffing. Did you oh. make, uh, here's the, this question actually has some basis. I'm thinking of uh, my mom and how she cooks and bakes but did you make the dressing a lot before you began to expand out and be creative with it or did you just start off that way uh yeah i mean you need to have a base you're right you have to have a base for for example for dressing i usually use the turkey juice and then that's that could be the base of the juice of turkey that while you're cooking. And then with that, it's sort of like gravy, but then you can make different types of dressing by the taste. Like we use a lot of lemon, fresh lemon. And, um, you know, you use the fresh lemon, you use a little olive oil, you can make the dressing so that it's tasteful, but you have to have a base. You're right. Yeah. The reason I asked that question is because you'll notice some, cooks and i'm thinking more in terms of baking because baking is the part that i really like to focus on but the people if you start off just experimenting before you really know how to make something you can end up with a lot of stuff that isn't very palatable like i've seen a lot of people try to start off making bread and they say oh well i don't want to make use white flour i just want to use only whole wheat flour and they substitute whole wheat flour for all the white flour and they end up with a brick and it's because they don't understand the mechanics or the chemicals of the things. So, but once you become seasoned in it or an expert, then you can begin to break the rules. And I think two things happen. I think one is that 
you know the mechanics well enough that you can know where to cut corners. But I think there's some additional piece and it's not like scientifically derived or even measurable at this point that somebody, when they reach a certain level, they're somehow it's this energy that they put into it that changes. There was a movie kind of like that. I think it was like Water for Chocolate or Chocolat. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I, I think it's Chocolat. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. What a great thing you brought to uh, our conversation. Um, you know, when you were talking about this, I was thinking of poetry. Isn't that interesting how it came, it took me to poetry because you, for the, um, to become a great poet, you have to know all those bases of the traditional and um, yeah, traditional um, poetry. And then you can break the rules. You know what I mean? And in um, Persian culture and Persian um, poetry, I've noticed that the greatest poets are the ones that who studied the um, traditional poetry really well, and then they could break the rules. And with painting, with everything, when you think about it, or in music, you know, you have to know the tradition and then you can break it. And then you brought this to my mind that in everything, when you have that base and knowledge, even in cooking, in everything, when you have the specific knowledge of foundation tradition, then all of a sudden you become creative and you break it, break the rules. It reminds me of the idea, like you have to, creativity spawns from incorporating in like a lot of information and then, you know, the this finding something unique amongst them, yet diverse from all of them in that way. Because then otherwise, think about it, the person is just replicating something. So that's not creative necessarily. It's this kind of hodgepodge of bringing everything, you know, and, and things you've experienced, even like that core foundation understanding, and then using that as kind of a launching pad in that way. And so it's, I, and I think it could be very individualized too, because, you know, one person is not necessarily creative in the same way a different person is. And I think it comes to this idea of the perspective and how we take those different things in and what our experience is with that foundation so that something sometimes even new or unknown to the person is what's derived from that. So I think it could be interesting. I'm just thinking it'd be a great exercise if like we even looked at like a couple of pictures or paintings and then drew something from thinking of those five, how we could all interconnect them. Cause we would all probably come with something different, even though we had the same base that we were kind of using in a way. And again, I think it's how that process of what, how we're seeing those things allows for that creativity to come through. But isn't that what's the basis for psychological projective tests, Mm. right? What we bring to looking at something, what's inside of us, to some extent determines the lens that we're viewing the thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's what we report on. So, and that's probably also, it's partly individual Mm -hmm. based on all our experiences, but there's certain cultural aspect to it because we know that different cultures have stylistically different kinds of art, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, what a great uh, topic to talk about because this um, actually 
can be expanded to anything in life, in um, financial part, in relational part, um, and specifically, Dr. Rockers, you're the creative psychologist. You know, I mean, in every aspect of life, the uh, topic of creativity can have a big piece. So with that, I want to see how are you going to, well, we are getting to another break and then we come back and we talk about other aspects of creativity. But for now, I want to say a few words to our listeners. If you just had turned on your radio um, and you hear us uh, speaking English on Saturdays and Sundays, we have um, a program with Dr. Daniel Rockers and Dr. Alexandrade in English. Uh, we talk about different cultural and psychological um, aspect of life and sometimes current event. We um, are appreciating sitting together and having a conversation about uh, psychological topics. And you can listen to our program on um, podcasts or podcast or in uh, Spotify, in Google. You can search us and also iTunes by topics. And you can find us and listen to us at your spare time or whenever it's um, appropriate. I also want to say some words in Farsi. شنوندگان عزیز رادیو بامداد اگه تازه رادیوتون رو باز کردیم و صدای ما رو به زبان انگلیسی میشنوین ما روزهای شنبه و یک شنبه از ساعت دوازده تا که بعد از ظهر در رادیو بامداد با همکارانم دکتر دنیل راکرز دکتر الکساندراده منم سعیده ملک افزالی هستم که با هم برنامه های مختلفی در زمینه های روز مسائل فرهنگی و روانشناسی صحبت میکنیم اگه تازه رادیوتون رو باز کردین و صدای ما رو به زبان انگلیسی میشنوین خواهش میکنم از کسانی که ممکنه از این برنامه استفاده کنن دعوت کنین به برنامه ما توجه کنن ما یک بریک دیگه میگیریم و برمیگردیم دنباله صحبتمون رو که راجبه ابتکار به کار بردن چه در مورد غذا بعد از روز تانکسگیوینگ و همینطور در مورد مسائل مختلف زندگی که ما چقدر میتونیم مبتکر باشیم صحبت کردیم و با ما باشین تا دنباله صحبتمون رو در آخرین قسمت ادامه بدیم
We are back with Dr. Daniel Rockers and Dr. Alexander Rade, and this is Saide Malik Afzali speaking. Uh, the first two parts of our conversation was about creativity after Thanksgiving with food. And also Dr. Rockers brought a topic of creativity in other parts, uh, breaking the rules. You have to have some sort of base from traditional part, and then you become very creative in changing it and making it something different, but you have to know the base uh, in order to do that. And of course, there are people who can just begin as a creative person and do something uh, spectacular, but we're just talking in general about keeping the base in order to be able to be creative and do different things. So this part of our conversation, um, I would like to talk about being creative about financial part during holidays and also relational part during holidays. Um, I, I know that we put Thanksgiving behind, but there's another holiday coming up, which is the major part of spending with Christmas with gifts. So we want to talk about creativity in financial part and also creativity with family relationship and with other people's relationship. Some of the first ideas that come to mind for me, I always like to let people know that, you know, reminded people, we all have a relationship with money. And I think this relates around this time of year because we have a relationship, not just with money, but with gift giving in this way, this ideas of how we're supposed to give gifts. There's sometimes people who will kind of put themselves even in a financial hardship with this idea that they need to give a certain way. And so that could be like buying expensive items or popular items that can end up feeling like, okay, I'm giving to people I care about, but then we don't see sometimes the, the financial toll that it takes on them. And so knowing that we can spend a little bit more at this time of year, I think is the first step uh, to make sure that we're not putting ourselves in an uncomfortable position. Cause I always remind people, it's not always how much money you spend as much as it is the gesture or the intention. And so sometimes you can give in small ways and that's still very valuable and very meaningful in that way. So I, I find a lot of times people will be really stressed financially around this time because there's this pressure to spend a lot or buy for everybody uh, and, and so recognizing that, yes, is that how I need to spend this year? Is that how I want to spend? And even kind of developing a plan of, you know, what feels kind of comfortable for me in regards to my budget. And then also recognizing where's that pressure or idea coming from in regards to, I need to buy for people to like me. I need to buy because they're going to do this for me. And I feel like pressured to. So uh, I find a lot of times it's just starting to recognize like, what's it like this time of year? Do you feel like you have to buy a lot? Do you feel like you have to spend a lot? Um, as you start to recognize that you can maybe start to alter that or change that. You guys tend to spend a lot this year. Do you find that that are similarly, I should say, do you find that people struggle with spending a lot this time of year? Is there a pressure, do you think, for the holidays for people to spend? I personally think it's a lot of pressure for many people during holidays. And um, I remember um, many of the children I was working with, you know, because they're involved with some of the conversations and discussions at home. They usually brought this topic to my attention that, you know, they were stressed, they were talking about parents, sometimes fighting over money. And there's a lot of stuff going on with families during the holidays and gift, um, giving gift to others. 
And I know um, sometimes we need to be creative in how we want to spend our money. As you said, Alex, it's not about how much we spend. It's about how well we know someone and we know their interests and we can be creative with that. And uh, uh, even though we give, but we give um, according to um, the framework, you know, what do we have and how can we give? I think it also brings up a very important part to look inward, to go inward and look at, well, what's drive? If I do feel that need to spend or to overspend, or if there's that compulsive need, what does what is that saying about our own internal state and our position in life and what's bothering us or what's not bothering us at the time? I can think back to times when I was younger where I did feel kind of compelled to spend. And those were the times when I felt I overspent and ended up having to work for a good part of the year just to pay off some of those credit card bills from spending on the holidays. When I think back to it, I think that really it reflected, it was more a statement about what was going on inside of me. Mm -hmm. some, Some need or something I was trying to fulfill so when I say that, I don't mean like, oh, you shouldn't, you shouldn't spend money or you shouldn't even do the compulsive spending, but it's important to take note if you find yourself doing that to see if you can understand yourself a little bit better. What does it mean about you and your current state? Mm-hmm. I think that reflects too on the idea of relationships, as you were mentioning a minute ago, Sade, you know, how do we bring ourselves to relationships And how can we be creative in our relationships? And even gift giving could be one of the ways that we can be very creative. We can think about the individual and something that we're wanting to share with them. And it doesn't have to be something that is just popular or expensive. It can be related to something that you've talked about or an experience that you had, um, something you've always wanted to do, or just even as I've emphasized before, just making the time with an individual and being able to have that one-on-one time. Um, we joked before about Daniel and I just having coffee. He, he always shakes his head. You know, you know, listeners can't see that, but he's constantly shaking his head when I say that. But, you know, just that idea, it has to be just a small experience that you can have versus the idea of spending a lot of money uh, buying him burgers, you know, gift cards for burgers, apparently, you know. And so, you know, it's just little, but it can be so important for that relationship. And, I want and outside an, the box. I want an albondigas burger. <laughs> a kufta yeah. and a bundigas burger huh i'm at it man i want it all i want it all <laughs> and i'm well, sorry i cut in on the last part of what you said alex no 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 no, no it's good timing good timing yeah. okay. uh, and you know what alex uh, in continuation of what you said regarding the gift um i was just thinking you know what kind of art Um, For example, if you have some sort of talent in making things, you know, it would be a great gift that you put your soul, your love into making something or drawing something or painting a piece of beautiful painting and give it to someone. Um, I remember um, when uh, one of my best friends got married really early when we were in high school and um, I was just thinking at that time, you know, what kind of gift do I give to my friend? And um, at that time, I spent so much time with intention, with love, and I drew 
um, something for her and it was with um, color pencil um, and I gave it to her. So that went by for years and years and years. Um, she now lives in Canada. We found each other through Facebook. And she told me, she said, can you believe I still have your painting? She says, out of things that I throw away and I didn't keep, I still have your painting. And that really sat in my heart. And I just thought, how interesting that that piece of painting that I gave her after years and years, she now has grandchildren, you know, and she lived in um, France for a long time. She went to different places in the world and now she's in Canada and she told me she still has my painting. And it was just amazing. I was in high school at that time. I did that painting, you know, and then that um, really touched my heart in a way that I thought, you know, sometimes you don't value your own things that you do and you give to people. So maybe, you know, I, at that time, I wasn't even sure if what I'm giving is good enough. You know, at that age and time, you think, you know, you're sort of even embarrassed. Is this a good gift I'm giving? But when she told me, now I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, after years and years, that um, gave me the idea of sometimes this is the best gift you can give rather than spending money, but you're putting your time, your energy, your love, and you make something and you give to someone. Isn't that great, even in holidays, to become creative and doing that? Like I know, Dr. Rockers, you are a great bread maker. So, you know, that would be a great gift for people around you, seriously, rather than going out and spending money. Those delicious bread you make could be great gift. Those, you know, it's interesting you bring that up because I'm reminded something you said earlier when I was growing up and this was rural eastern Kansas and we didn't have many. We did not have next door neighbors. We had there was an old man that lived a quarter mile to the north of us and an old man lived a quarter mile to the south of us. But what mom did was she baked bread. I remember this at Christmas and wrapped the loaves and me and my brother walked to each of those places to give them that mm. loaf of bread for Christmas. It was pretty cool. Of course, at the time, I didn't realize it. What, okay. I was so young. I was just following my brother, but it's, it is a cool thing. You are right. And it's such a, a heartfelt gift. Mm. I think the important stuff about what you're talking about is that it's a, it's a real expression of who we are. It's a part of us we're giving them as opposed to just something that is off the shelf. Oh, I bought this. Here you go. Mm. It's a real part of us that we give them. And it's a skill that it's a thing they can't get anywhere else. It's only can only come from that one place. Yeah. What you gave her can only have come from you. Nobody else has that particular talent at that time with that meaning that you mm. infused. Yeah, yeah. I think along those lines too, it goes to show you that the value of something isn't what you place in it, it's what somebody else places in it. And that was a great example of, you know, the value that she placed into that, that, that painting, that drawing that you did. You had no idea that that was going to be something that she carried around in her life 
and and felt so close to it and so close to you in that way. And so I think it's important, you know, we can get in our head about the value of something, the importance of something where it's like, maybe that's not our place, especially when it comes to gift giving, it can be something small that we know we intend in a way and, and hoping that it lands in that way and hoping it resonates with that person. Alex, I love that idea. Where, how do you, where do you go with that? Cause I just have just thought of that as you're, I didn't think of it. I heard you saying it and that kicked it into my head, but I love that. It's the value is what they put mm-hmm. in it. And mm-hmm. is there some way we can know ahead or is it just, I do what I like doing like baking bread and then I give those out as presents. Yeah, and I think, yeah, I think along those lines, it's, it's the intention of what this means and what, what you hope for it to land. And, and I don't think you have to start with even breaking bread or making bread. You may not know, like everybody is going to love this idea or everybody's going to, you know, feel this way, but it's what you're kind of hoping and intending in that way and how they value it. You know, we can, we can't know that piece, but we can, we can try by starting in a place where I know the intention or I, I know the hope for this in that way. This is, uh, yeah, the, the receiver has to have that much understanding, you know, mm-hmm. the value that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, now that brought me to another thing that when I was teaching in classroom, uh, you know, kids, when they like their teacher, they bring gifts and in their mind, you know how they wrap it, sometimes little things that they bring to you. And I have a collection of those things I always remember the faces of those kids that with joy brought something back from Mexico. If they're Mexican and they went back to meet their families, they brought, they brought something. And that meant so much to me that someone has gone to, to, for vacation and brought something. They've, they've been thinking of me and, and that brought so much value to that gift that they gave me, even if it was from the dollar store. I didn't care about the value. I didn't care. It was just the value of this little being has been thinking of me during a short time on vacation or before Christmas, they wrapped something. And I remember there was, there was a student that uh, they wrapped something and says, Mrs. M, this was in my shelf for years, but I like to give it to you. You know what I mean? It was just like so hard touching that this kid mm-hmm. had this on the shelf for years and now she wants to give it to me. So it's interesting now when you said the value that you, the receiver has to have that much understanding of giving the value, you know? I think Daniel, go back to that too. I I think it's just giving from your heart. And I know that sounds maybe a little cheesy, but this, this idea of giving from your heart, giving out of love, giving out of care. I think that is what starts that idea of, you know, how do we know that the value that they can place it in? Because we never really know you know, Saide did not know when she gave that to her friend that that would be something that would happen. But given that they there was that connection, that relationship, 
it creates the possibility of that being something valued and treasured. And especially when it's very individualized or very unique, I think people kind of gravitate that towards that sometimes. Um, and everybody's different. Some people aren't, you know, nostalgic about those things. It's like, oh yeah, I remember you made me that thing. It was nice. And yeah, it's somewhere. I don't know. Other people say, no, you know, that's, that's really important. Uh, for me, it's funny too. So I, <clears throat> along those lines, I have a couple of, uh, art pieces from my friends over the years. And these are even individuals who I haven't spoken to in years. Uh, just unfortunately life happens, you know, relationships kind of fade or there's distance, but I still, uh, uh, you know, display these in my house proudly. Uh, a friend of mine, Trevor Green, um, he was a, a, an artist. Uh, he, he played music. Uh, him and his friends made albums and they actually made uh, like individualized album covers. And I, I told him, and this is years ago, I haven't talked to Trevor in so long, but I, I was like, I want one. I want one. I want one of the things that you made. I framed it. I have it on my wall. I took it to Chicago, back to California. Um, you know, it, again, even though we haven't uh, talked and been close in years, it's still very reflective of the connection and the relationship that we've shared at that point. Um, and, and so, yeah, it's one of those things where, you know, it, we can, those things, he had no idea probably, you know, uh, that, that, that was something that I was going to treasure and proudly display in my home as a reflection of, you know, that relationship. Mm -hmm. uh, to me, it, uh, it also brings up the important point of when we give, we also have to let go of the gift that we've given. We want to give it with the right spirit and the right intention, but we want to let go and then and then we're free and they've got it. And if they like it, then that's wonderful. And if they don't like it, then mm -hmm. we're still not wounded or hooked by that sort of a thing. Yes. And and always this is what I think. I always pick something that if I wasn't given it, I would love to have it, you know, so that. If I don't do that, then I'm not happy about the gift I'm giving. It's so interesting. It may seem more, uh, you know, uh, what do I like? But usually you like something and you give it. Well, but does that mean I can give a drill to my girlfriend for Christmas? Yeah, I would love to have try that. Yeah, try that. See what happens. Let us know, Daniel. <laughs> if, if you were a ten-year-old, yes. <laughs> soon to be single, Doctor Rocker is here. Right. Right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I see where this is going. <laughs> no, I, I, I have to share this funny thing. My sister was also a teacher, and she shared with us that um when she was teaching one of the kids brought something drafted for my sister and she said oh does your mom know that you brought this and, and then she goes yeah she was throwing it away <laughs> <laughs> she was throwing it away and she didn't want it she was just giving it to goodwill but then i thought i'd give it to you <laughs> And you, you gave it new life. You gave it yeah, new life so in that sweet. way. Yeah. You know how honest the kids are. So that we often laugh about that. What do they say? One person's trash is another's treasure, you know? So, yeah, you know, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly. But just that again, the kid who thought of the teacher, you know, even though this gift, this piece was being thrown away, but the kid had said, no, 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 wait a minute. Don't throw that away. I want to take this to my. <laughs> <laughs> You're still being thought of. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. So thinking counts. about all these, there's so many little things in life that if we pay attention, 
and we don't pass by it and think about it. They have so much value into them. We sometimes don't pay attention to these little things, little things that people do. And we, you know, don't see that depth of what they are doing. You know, it's really important to just be present to all these things. As the receiver. And the giver, probably. Yeah, both. And as the giver. Yeah, yeah. I mean, imagine now talking about all these things in our relationships, that how much sensitivity and value is in every part of these back and forth we have in our relationship with different people, you know? So think about those giving and receiving in our relationships, talking about gifts, talking about spending money, now talking about the value of the words we are exchanging, talking about the heart we put into our relationship, or that's, I think, the biggest gift. Um, You know, all these little things in life in our relationship are counted and are important. With that, we are getting to the end of our program, and we each are going to say our last statement. Um, And this is our program after Thanksgiving. So, um, we want to start with Dr. Rockers. I would like to start by saying it's okay to give someone a drill for Christmas. <laughs> or burgers, burgers or drills. Or burger, yeah, or Kufta burgers, apparently. Yeah. Uh, well, what I think is important is to give from your heart, like Side A said. But the to me, is to be able to let go once we've given it. To give it in genuineness and let go once we've so you, you basically took what I was going to say. I was going to say, give with love. And again, I think that's, that means we're just on the same wavelength. So that idea, just, just give with care, with love, with intention in that way. Yeah. Give with and love. It, and hopefully we've said everything side A was already thinking of. So she doesn't know what to say. I said, hey, what would you say? <laughs> I, I would say what both of you said, you know, giving and receiving with love. Uh, you know, receiving with love, no matter what, you know, because that's a piece of that person. What was in their mind that they picked at is valued. Uh, you receive it with love and you give it love. Give something that you've been thoughtful of, you know, so you've been um, spending time to wanting to do something for that person. But with all that, I want to say giving is not just um, the material giving. It's giving um, your, share your thoughts, share your knowledge, share the information. Sharing is also giving. You know, you have, you have good recipe when you share, you're actually giving, um, you know, a piece of things that you thought it was really nice and you made it, it turned out good, you share it. You learn about something and you feel like this was great when I learn about this issue. I need to share with other people so they know it too. It's about health, it's about work, it's about anything in life. If it's something that is working for you and you really feel like this is working, so why don't we share with friends? Why don't we share with others? Well, we are very fortunate. We live uh, in a in an era that media is 
sharing everything that people are experiencing. But I feel like if something in person you value and you feel like it's working for you, why not sharing? So with that, I want to wish everyone a very great after Thanksgiving. Um, and also, I know Dr. Andrade seems like he wants to say something. I was just going to let everybody know that uh, tomorrow we'll have a special episode. Uh, me and a good friend, psychologist of mine, Dr. Ashley Wood, will be continuing the conversation on creativity. So, um, yeah, it's one that uh, that we really found fun and enjoyable and talking about how as adults, we can incorporate creativity in our life. So uh, yeah, definitely look forward to, to sharing that with everybody. So with that, we say goodbye to our listeners. We come back next week with another psychological, cultural, or current event topic. سرد درختا یادگاری نبشتی با من اندوه جدایی نمیدانی چه ها نفرین به دست سر تو را از من جدا خاطرت آید که آن شب 
از جنگل ها گذشتیم بر تن سرد درختا یادگاری نوشتیم با من اندوه جدایی نمیدانی چه ها نفرین به دست سرنوشت تو را از من جدا رادیو بامداد صدای ما و شما با زبانی آشنا